If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello and welcome back to my podcast to reading chapter 15 of Wings of Fire, The Dark Secret. Two doors past the library, Fate Speaker muttered, something about a council chamber. She paused at an intersection, looking down both tunnels and pressing her claws together. I think I remember where the council chamber is, Starfight said. He'd been trying to create a map of the fortress in his head every time they left the dormitory. That way, if I'm right, he pointed. Then we go this way, she said. I I think we'll pass the library this way. Library, Starfight echoed, finally hearing what Deathbringer had said. There's a library? Fate speaker. Have you seen it? How many scrolls do they have? Like a million, she said. A million. Starfoot felt momentarily faint, thinking of a million scrolls he'd never read. It would be just like his dream. That wasn't a real guess, Fate speaker said, stopping to give him an amused grin. I just meant lots, really. I didn't try to count them. Lots is exciting, too, Starfoot said. He felt a little silly getting excited getting so excited over scrolls, but there had never been enough of them under the mountain. He'd read the same ones over and over and over again. Something new, something with more answers, more information he needed. That would be everything. Here it is, Vidspeaker said, pausing at a tall archway. Starvet peered inside, his heart pounding. The room was cavernous, even bigger than the council chamber, Instead of coals lying open in wall niches, here the light came from fire that was carefully fire that was carefully trapped in a metal globes and kept away from the scrolls. Square nooks were carved out of the wall and all the way up to the ceiling, and in each square there were between three and six scrolls, neatly rolled and labeled and organized. Organized with Marks with a with a mark next to the square and a large scroll rolled out on the main table as a catalogue. He could see how it worked in the first glance he could see how it worked in the first glance and his talents ached to rush inside and start reading. You're so cute, Fate Speaker said. Look at your face, like someone just opened a giant treasure box and it's all for you. That's exactly how Starfight felt. Looking at all these scrolls, he took a tentative step inside, and Fate Speaker immediately grabbed his tail. Oh no, you don't, she said. We find the queen first. You can come back and moon over scrolls tomorrow. Morisira lets me, Starfight said wistfully. Fate Speaker dragged him away from the library and stopped two doors down in front of a round stone room that was completely empty, with no windows and no furniture, and only one niche for glo- glowing coals. The wall opposite the door was a strange lattice of stone studded with diamond-shaped holes, no bigger than ladybugs. I did see this room, Fate Speaker said. I just didn't guess it was the throne room. Shouldn't a throne room have a, a throne in it, even if no one plans to sit on it? Maybe there's a throne behind the screen, Starfight suggested. Hmm, she said. Still seems like it shouldn't get to be called a throne room, then. She stalked up to the lattice wall and pressed one eye to one of the holes. Fate speaker, Starfight said, shocked. We're not supposed to try and look at her. Don't panic, she said. It's all dark back there anyway. She tilted her head and tried another hole lower down. 
Maybe there's something glowing, but it looks like just fire. I can't see a queen. Do you think she's there? She rapped on the screen. Hello, your majesty? Silence from the wall. Queen battle winner? Fatesmaker tried again. We, we really need to talk to you. It's us, the dragonettes from the prophecy. Well, the two Nightwing options, Starflight amended. Hello, Fatesmaker said. Nothing. Fatesmaker knocked and kicked the wall a few times, but there were no response. This is so frustrating, she growled. Your Majesty, I am not impressed. It is the middle of the night, Starflight pointed out. She's probably not even there. She must sleep somewhere. Fatesmaker hunched her wings and then sighed and nodded. All right, we'll sneak away from Mars here and try again tomorrow. Starfight did not love the sound. Did not love the sound of that plan, but he already knew better than trying to argue with Fate Speaker. They turned to go, but just then Starfight heard a noise, a noise like scraping coming from behind the wall. He looked at Fate Speaker and saw that she heard it too. They both returned to the screen. Your Majesty, Fate Speaker said. When there was still no answer, Starfight said. If she's back there, she doesn't want to talk to us. Fatesmaker folded her wings in clothes and scowled. Then we should make her see us. She started pacing along the wall with the screen. There must be a door here somewhere. She has to get in and out somehow, right? Unless she always stays in the same room, Starfight said. His mental map of the fortress started clicking together. I think, I think the room behind the wall... I think the room behind this wall could also overlook the council chamber. Maybe that's where she lives? So we just have to find a way into it, Fatesmaker said, charging into the hallway. Is that a good idea? Starfight asked. His claws caught on the rocks as he hurried behind her. I'm pretty sure she won't be pleased. Too bad, Fatesmaker cried. We're her subjects, too. She has to listen to us. Clearly, Fatesmaker didn't know very much about the queens or tribes and how they worked. Perhaps the Talons of Peace camp was a little more open to input from all drag from all dragons, or Fate Speaker would have been like this no matter where she was raised. She stopped abruptly, frowning and tripping her head from tipping her head from side to side. How do we get there? she muttered to herself. She closed her eyes and took a deep breath. Having a vision, Starfight said, recognizing the expression on her face. Trying to, she said, but all I can see is walls. <sighs> Let's try this way, Starfight suggested. They followed winding passages that seemed to be circling the council room, but he couldn't find any doors that might lead to the place where the queen had been hidden. But he did find one room with the door open, and it was empty when he peered inside. It was a strange room, too. The space was dominated by a giant map on the wall, Pyria, but with more detail in it than he'd ever seen on any map before. Every inlet, every forge was drawn with scientific precision. Even the rainforest sparkled with information. The location of the main wing village, all the rivers and streams that crisscrossed the jungle, and, and the two tunnels that led to the kingdom of sand and the night kingdom. Each it was marked and carefully labeled. Starfight noticed that the Seawing Summer Palace was noted on there as well, an ink that looked darker and newer than some of the other marks. He wondered whether Nightwings had only just learned of its location when it burned. The Deep Palace was not on there. Still a Seawing secret, apparently. 
But strangest of all, the map was covered with tiny squares that were each labeled Scavenger Den. There were seven of them, from from the outer islands of the Kingdom of the Sea to the peninsula below the Kingdom of the Sand. There were even there was even one among the snowy wastes of the Ice Kingdom, and each one had a careful, deliberate X slashed across it in green link, green ink. What are they doing? Starfight thought, staring at the map. Why track scavengers? What do the X's mean? What's a scavenger den? Fleet Speaker asked from behind him. Have you ever seen a scavenger? Starfight asked. She shook her head. There are these little creatures with hardly any fur, and they, tur- they, and they run around on two legs, and they love to steal treasure. Kind of like magpies or raccoons, but, but bigger. And sometimes they get pointy sticks and poke dragons with them, which means they can't be very intelligent. Oh, Fade Speaker said. Right, like the scavenger who killed Queen Oasis and started the whole war in the first place. Exactly, Starfleet said. He shivered, remembering the one, the only ones he'd ever encountered. The two who tried to kill him in Scarlet's arena. In his nightmares, they always stare at him with big, dragon-like eyes, even though he found them... Dragon-like eyes, and even though he found them terrifying, he couldn't help thinking, they're in the same situation I, I am. They're just trying to survive this arena. So these dens, that's where they live? Fate Speaker reached up and traced the outline of one of the dens with her claws. I guess so, Starfight said. I've never seen one. I've always imagined warrens of tunnels. The squirrels say they're like, they like to live in big groups, like meerkats. But they try to keep their dens hidden, according to what I've read. They're safer from predators that way. Predators like us? Fate Speaker said cheerfully. I have no idea why the Nightlings would care about them, Starfight said, scratching his head. A theory was bubbling at the back of his mind, but before he could put it together, Fate Speaker slid her tons along to the outer edge of the map and let out a yelp. Look! There's something behind there! She unpinned one corner of the map and lifted it up, and sure enough, there was a small tunnel hidden behind it. Let's go, she whispered, ducking into it with no hesitation. Starflight's heart was trying to clamber up his throat and strangle him, but what else could he do? If this tunnel led where it looked like it might, he couldn't leave Fate Speaker to face battle- Queen Battlewinner alone. If only Tsunami were here, or Clay, they'd at least be some use in a fight unlike him. His claws shook as he lifted the corner of the map and slid into the dark tunnel behind Fate Speaker. I'm having a vision, Fate Speaker whispered dramatically in his ear, nearly making him leap out of his scales. One of us stands in front of Queen Battlewinner. This is going to work. You scared me half to death, he said, clutching his chest. Sorry, she said, and even in the dark, he could see her grinning. So, he whispered, as they started creeping forward, in your visions, there is a, there is a Queen Battlewinner. Is she alive? She exists? Of course, Fate Speaker said. What? Nothing, Starfight said. I've just been wondering, since no one ever sees her, apparently no one even hears her except greatness. Well, if she were dead, this would be a pretty clever plan, is all. As long as greatness claims Battlewinner is alive, she can issue orders and do all the things a queen might do in Battlewinner's name, but no one can challenge her to try to take the throne. That is way sneaky, Fate Speaker said. I would never have thought of that. I could be wrong. His nose bumped suddenly into stone. 
He stood up on his back, talons, and poked the lower ceiling above their head. They then breathed out a plume of folk, a, 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 out of plume of fire. The tunnel ended at a large boulder right in front of them. Fate speaker hissed, No way! This has to be it! Starflight gingerly felt around the back of the boulder and realized there was empty space under his claws. The, the tunnel keeps going, only smaller, I think, he said. There was a hole in the wall hidden by the boulder, barely big enough for a dragon to fit through. He reached his towns inside and guessed that the hidden tunnel led up in the right direction. Ooh, Fate Speaker said, sniffing at the darkness. I foresee that this is going to be a be mad. I foresee that this is going to be mad scary. You go first. It felt like a volcano was about to explode at a Starflight's chest. Well, if anyone does catch us, they can't kill both of us. They need at least one of us alive. He didn't find that thought very reassuring as he climbed into the dark tunnel and felt sharp black rocks digging into his back into his talons. The only thing that was oddly comforting was the sound of Fate Speaker clambering behind him, close enough to step on his tail a few times. The tunnel sloped up and around in a kind of spiral. When a last twist suddenly left them staring in an open cave, they were both caught by surprise. Starflight froze, and Fate Speaker blundered into him. This is it. On one wall, the circle shapes punctured with holes looked looking out on the council chamber. On another wall, the screen that faced the throne room, and there was a third wall that only... And then, and then there was a third wall with only a few carefully hidden eye holes for spying on something or someone or somewhere without being noticed. But no queen. There were no dragons here, no sign of life. Where else could she be? Or am I right? Is she dead after all? In the center of the cave was an enormous cauldron full of lava, big enough for two marsiers. It looked like a jagged black bowl that had been yanked and pummeled out of the volcanic stone. Molten lava filled it to the brim, bubbling and spitting and gurgling weirdly. A few drops splattered over the side, and Starflight took a cautious step back, remembering the stinging burn on his foot. The room was stifling hot, almost painfully so. Starflight slid around the cauldron, hugging the walls, to peer through the secret eye holes across from the tunnel entrance. Fate Speaker followed him, uncharacteristically quiet. Starflight didn't recognize the room on the other side of the third wall, but he could see a low table and the leftover bones of prey were strewn around the floor. I bet this is where the council members eat, he said quietly to Fate Speaker. It's a good time to spy on dragons, when they might say anything if they don't realize she's watching. He glanced at the other two screens and shook his head. Then again, it looks like she's not doing much watching right now. He leaned to peer through the dining cave again. Maybe you're right about... Fate Speaker started, then caught herself off with a cry of terror and seized Starflight's shoulder at the same time, clutching him so hard that he thought she might draw blood. Ow, what? He began, then turned and saw what she saw. A dragon was rising up out of the lava.